We're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Support for the Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming for champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. This exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T at checkout for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. We just got the products in today, all three of us, joined obviously by Josh and Jason. Uh, I gave it a test drive. I have never used a mechanical razor on any part of my body, so it was pretty cool. <laughs> it's crazy that I, the first place I use it is uh, below the uh, below the belt, but uh, yeah, I mean, beats the hell. I mean, coming up in the world, talk about coming up in the world. In, in university, I used to use a, a pair of scissors that you would use to oh, cut cardboard, <laughs> like just like probably not the most sanitary and also pretty difficult. And, um, yeah, cut myself a lot. Just an so. absolutely must-needed addition to your grooming routine here by Manscaped. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if Manscaped would like to review the rest of my life and see what else they could <laughs> add in, what normal people have, that would be fantastic, too. But we, we tested the products. They're awesome. Jason, you said you used the cologne as well. Yeah, the cologne smells great. And there's also a de- ball deodorant, which is keeps, keeps you... Um, so you, you know what deodorant's used for, but it's just for your parts down low. So gets, I, a, little, gets a little soupy down exactly. there. Exactly. I've, I've honestly never so. heard of that before, and I was very happy when I used it. So it's yeah. it's dry. Let's just say that. It's, it's great. So again, <laughs> 20% off and free shipping with the code RINKRAT, R-I-N-K-R-A-T, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping using RINKRAT. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job. With Manscaped. Yeah. All right, let's get into this Carolina game, shall we? We're oh, going to yeah. get into a little Carolina game because that was the, the freshest in our head. Um, a little bit of, I guess there was new lines today. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, the All-Star game was this past weekend. Better than usual, i got to say. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. I viewed some clips here and there, watched a couple of the games that happened on the, the Saturday there, but... Let's get into the Carolina game. Your, your guys' thoughts overall? Uh, I hope everyone took our advice last podcast and continue to buy the dip on the Leafs. That's all I'm going to say because another game where we fall, fell behind early and uh, we were able to come back. Electric game from the first line. I thought they played amazing. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was honestly a, such a fun game to watch. Um, these are t- like Carolina and Toronto are two of the, the best teams at generating expected chances for on offense and they're it was such it was it was fun to watch them like it's crazy how quick carolina is and how much they shoot off the rush that's one thing i noticed about carolina in particular but um yeah it was just just a fun overall game i thought i thought the Leafs played really well our like pseudo second pair of uh muzzin or sorry of hall and sandin i thought looked pretty good sandin looked i thought pretty good that game um sandin had a couple fantastic chances i mean there was a few off the rush feeding guys. There was one, I think it was a backhand where he took it from the, the blue line into the, the middle of the ice there, moved in, took a nice shot there. Uh, he saved the game as well. Oh, yeah. 
block. I think, was that an overtime? That was an overtime. Pass across. Yeah. yeah. Just easily handles it, sends it out the other way. I mean, that doesn't happen. We lose. Most importantly, though, that we forgot to mention, we they the Leafs won the deserve a win to meter. Oh my gosh! I was a little bit surprised. The five on five results are really? a little overwhelming, underwhelming, but they won the the deserve to win o meter. Interesting. Yeah. That's probably I think because probably the power plays right. Yeah. The, the, how they did on the power plays and how many they got. There but. is value in drawing penalties. Yeah. And there is value in scoring on the power play. Shout out Michael Bunting. Shout out Michael Bunting. Did you did you guys catch that clip? Yeah, that, we that was that was a great clip of. <laughs> don't want to say it, but you should check out the Twitter and see what he said when Trocheck. I think no, gra- it was uh, Svechnikov. Svechnikov kind of grabbed his stick and did like a little roll with it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, but. It was an interesting game. I mean, mm-hmm. it was very back and forth. Uh, Frederick Anderson looked very good out there. He made some huge saves. There was one. It went from high to low to the front of the net, the one-timer. Uh, not to brag, but I made one of the, a save like that on Sunday. And what it just comes from, it's a fantastic chance. Even though it looks like Frederick Anderson handled it so easily, it is a very good chance. And if he, does, if he reads that even a little bit off, that's in the back of the net. So I, I thought the shot placement was great. Just Frederick Anderson was one step ahead on that one. Um, and then he made that great save on Morgan Riley. He 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 was phenomenal that game. For the first half of the game, I thought we were going to just get goalied by oh, yeah. Fred. Like, he, yeah. was, he was locked in. And then, you know, power plays help, right? Yep. Like that's and a big... crun- what was funny also, in crunch time, kind of let them down. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that Marner goal was bad. That was a bad. Which one? Oh, the the, the first the tying one. Yeah, right. the the three yeah. on threes when they get scrambly yeah, like that. that. Yeah, it's like there they was, had a couple. No chance. They, they had, had a couple no chance chances to clear that a little better too. Mm-hmm. The, Riley was pretty relentless on that puck in front. Oh, but he was showing those horse legs, just corralling that puck in front of the net. That was really nice. Really nice. Um, I will say Carolina did have a couple injuries, but did they? Well, they had two Teravine and Teravine and were out. Okay, but, Kaka fourth line. Who cares? Hey, I'm just saying. But I, my to my point. Yeah, we had Nick Riccio and so. Muzzin. But that's a that's a possible like late playoff matchup. You know, well, also Maybe, Jake Gardner was out for them. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but loss. Uh, I, I really liked the. It was a bit of a clash of styles when I was watching you. If you noticed, Carolina, like Jason said, they're very fast. They're like really push it north south. They push mm-hmm. the pace of the game. A lot of chances off the rush. They really exit the exit the zone with a lot of pace, and the Leafs play, as we know, a little bit more of an east-west game, puck possession, so high cycle, low cycle. So it was a cool clash of styles, and I thought the Leafs did a good job battling back and winning that game. I mean, Mitch Marner is the hottest player in the NHL right now by a country mile. He's he had two goals and assists in that game. He led the team in individual expected goals, which for him is like not a normal thing because he's a passer, as you know, but. When you're hot, you're hot. And right now, he is extremely, extremely hot. There's not a lot of guys in the league that can put up the numbers that he can when he gets hot like this. Uh, so. He only got second star of the month or the week of because Claude Giroux, Claude Giroux yeah. won the all-star Which is stupid MVP. Because Giroux had like four point, or three points in two games, and Marner had seven or something crazy. <laughs> like but Yeah. just Oh, and he also won it over Mason Marchman, who had six points in a game. Yep. His first ever six-point game. His first ever. So... <laughs> um, Oh, look! Credit to William William Nylander finished second on the Leafs in individual expected goals um, at five on five. Yeah, so that's a little interesting stat there. Um, how how did you think Mrazek played? 
So with Peter Mrazek, and I'm going to say this probably is not the first time I said this, won't be the last. Watching him play, it's the adventures of Peter Mrazek in net. He he makes you a little bit nervous because he is he's an athletic goaltender, and that's what he plays to. So it's not – when you watch Frederick Anderson in net, it's very square to the puck. It's very positional, and it's very rigid. It, it looks very good. It's all very well put together. Peter Mrazek is more just like – I think I can say this because I have this, but ADHD out there. It, it's kind of wild, and it's pretty floppy out there. Not to say he's not a good goaltender, but it's not the traditional style that you see now in the NHL where it's very positional, very like stylistic. It, it's a little floppier, so it gets a little bit um, – it's, it's a wild ride watching this guy. He was making some fantastic saves. I didn't love that Tony D'Angelo goal, unfortunately, which it seems to be the, the the name of the game for him this year. He makes seven really good saves in a row and then gives up a bit of a stinker there. But especially at the very beginning of the period, it's a little, mm-hmm. little bit of a deflator. Like seven like, seconds. Ah. Especially since we scored 30 seconds before the end of the second period, too. Yeah, it was no. like we, we were coming on that hot streak and then just... I was like, damn it. But he played exceptionally well, I thought... Uh, I mean, he made some mm-hmm. pretty big saves. Notably, was the he made a really good glove save that I remember. I can't exactly describe the play as well as I should. There was a breakaway save, I believe, on Sebastian Ajo as well. That was massive, too. So I was happy with Peter Mrazek in that game. That's yeah. why we got him. Good, good little revenge game for him too. I thought, like, like yeah. you said, like the biggest thing is that he came up and and like in the most important moments towards the end of the game, like we he was making those big saves. So. Uh, there's nothing more you yeah. can ask from your goalie, and yeah, I, I think he's he looks good. Like he looks, a lot of people were worried about him early on. He looks better than what kind of what we were seeing early in the be, in the beginning of the season. To me, it doesn't look good, but it, oh, it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ain't pretty, but it works. Like, <laughs> exactly. But he definitely, I think he definitely does look like a lot better than may, maybe that's just the from the chances that we've seen, but. The first few games, I feel like, or maybe I'm just becoming desensitized. Uh, I don't know. First few games, he made some massive saves, especially against like Chicago. He he was making some huge saves, but then like the chances just kept piling Mm -hmm. on. He didn't obviously he let in one or two not great goals in that game, but like the Leafs didn't totally collapse in front of him. I don't think they played pretty well in front of him, but he also stood very tall in that game. I thought, and so I was overall that was me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's once an episode we hit something and always we're, we're by ourselves in this area so it kind of freaks everyone <laughs> out but yeah peter mrazek was good frederick anderson was good uh peter mrazek was gooder though yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so it was an exciting game though i wonder you know hopefully we see them in the playoffs that means we we maybe won a round or two mm-hmm. but it's a really good team i mean they by, are very good by, uh, when i was running those model numbers they were number one for a while I think they dropped to number three because Colorado and the Panthers just decided to take a shit all over the NHL. But they're 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 way up there. Don't look sure. now, but the Leafs are only point oh oh one points percentage behind the Panthers. Basically, the exact same. So yep, that first place spot is going to be really important. Like especially Boy. Boston. Tukaras just retired on them. And Patrice Bergeron, I, mean, I hope he's healthy, but he got injured tonight. So. Ooh. Again, like I know oh, playing Boston, Leaf fans won't like to hear that, but you should be gunning for that number one overall spot. You yeah. get home ice advantage. You don't play Tampa or Florida. That should be like I know people think the regular season doesn't matter, but I've said it from day one. Like this seeding matters. I know the Leafs lose in the first round no matter what, but these are the little edges that'll help you win. Oh, yeah. Oh, indeed. Uh, 
I was about to say something. Oh, uh, with Boston, with regards to Boston, Jeremy Swayman is a good, like that guy was their better goaltender before Tukaras came back. It was just in terms of contracts that he had to go to the AHL. I believe from what I saw, he ripped it up in the AHL. Didn't matter. And then he came back tonight. He got the, he got the start. He got the loss though. Olmark, I think is a decent goalie. I mean, it happens a lot with goaltenders. You get put in a new environment, takes a little bit of a learning curve, time to shift to that style of play. So I, I think that's why we're, we're seeing them on the up and up like that. Like they do have two pretty good goaltenders. It's not Tuka Rask and what we've seen from him in the past, but it is good. But it's yeah, not like as said, good as It's not Rask Tampa. when like people don't realize yeah. Rask. I know, I think he may have had one bad playoff somewhere in there for Boston and their fans kind of took him for granted. 925 save percentage in 104 playoff yeah. games. That is remarkable. And last year he had a 919. Like he was good in the playoffs last year. And he was playing with like a torn hip. Correct. So he was very injured. And he's also been fantastic against the Leafs when we've played him yeah. in the playoffs. He so. had like that one bad game. I think he got pulled. And then since then it's just been like, damn it. But also it's, it's like a good. momentum thing. For, like Boston was really starting to get going here. Uh-huh. A Bergeron injury, a possible Marshawn suspension from tonight. Like, We'll see what happens with them because yeah. they're in because of basically how bad everyone else is. So they have a big cushion, but there's still a whole half a season to go. Yeah. And according to Dom Lachishan of The Athletic, Patrice Bergeron has been the best defensive forward in the league this year. Yes, he has. I mean, By Patrice Bergeron, too. yeah, is, been, is a selkie candidate every single year. And this is his best year in his career. He kind of like Datsuk was the guy that everyone yeah. like talked about underrated for like, he is the new that suit kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like he just pretty much day in, day out, year in, year out. He doesn't slow down defensively. Amazing. Like still scores. He's got 34 points. Yeah. Like he, he's a, I don't know if that guy ever became available. He like, I don't know what team wouldn't trade for him. Should make 20 million. Isn't he a free agent next year? Uh, he yeah. might be, but yeah, he is. he's a guy. He's not going to leave. Like yeah. he's a lifer. I, I can't see him leaving at all. Like, maybe if Montreal gives him 15, but I kind of doubt that yeah. would happen at all. Uh, any other thoughts on this game? Jason has a point. Here. I just have a, a point about the past couple of games, and it's kind of like... Oh, good. I was about to transition. To yeah. So, so, yeah, this, this, the, this, the second line has essentially... We talked about it last podcast. They've kind of been struggling as of late, and they, they don't, got... Don't mince words. They've been shit. They, okay, <laughs> they've been shit, but they they got uh, they they didn't do that well this game. So they they played mostly against the Aho, Netcast, and Martin uh, line of Carolina, and they got outshot, out out coursed, out expected goals. They their expected goals for percentage was sorry, I'm, uh, is twenty five percent. They they let up almost point eight six expected goals against, and only contributed point two nine expected goals for. So. That's not too good from that second line. We kind of expect a, a, a little bit more offensive output at five on five from them. Don't get me wrong. William Nylander and John Tavares have both been fantastic on the power play in the past couple of games. But our issue right now is with them at five on five. So, yeah, what do you what do you guys think about it? Because it's, it's been an, an issue the past couple of games. Um, it's been bad. Yeah, they just haven't been as good. And, and I, I'm not even as worried about the expected goals against like that like Ajo's a great player like Martinuk and uh Nekas, they're, they're pretty good players like they're they'll generate chances against you but like I'm expecting them more to have a higher like get, to get more chances yeah. right 
I see what you mean. Uh, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I haven't been overly happy with them mm-hmm. together as a whole. They haven't really... Yeah, in the last three games, they've been on the ice for four goals against and 0-4. Yeah. Uh, against the Red Wings, they got one goal, 4-0 against. But, I mean, somehow the, these expected goals numbers are in the positives other than last game where it was 25.2% together uh, over 12 minutes. I mean, that's that's really tough. It's, it just seems like it's dried up almost offensively. I don't understand mm-hmm. why, though. Like it, like, it feels like, I don't know, it feels like John Tavares has really struggled at 5-on-5. Five five. I, I was surprised. William Melander's eighth on the Leafs in 5-on-5 five five points per 60. That was shocking to me. Like, behind Pierre Engvall. What the hell? Yeah. Well, actually, sorry. Alex Steves is in here, so make that seventh. I didn't take him out. But, yeah. So you got Kerfoot, Bunting, where Marner. Are you, where are you seeing that? NHL.com. Points oh. per 60, five on five. Points per 60 at five on five. NHL.com does that? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you got Kerfoot, who we know has been like, as you've talked about, like, I don't know, for the last two months, has been wrecking things at five on five, which yeah. has been fantastic. Bunting, Marner, Matthews, all kind of the same within like point one points per 60. Then Tavares, 2.27. Engvall, 1.97. Nylander, 1.93. And as Jason said, like he's been, Nylander's been probably one of the best power play players in the league this year. So you got to give him that credit. He's been so good. But I think it's a valid, I don't want to say concern, but like something to just focus on as we go forward. I'm not, hmm. I'm not overly worried though. I think they'll find it. But I think more concerning is they've been like, I don't want to say a black hole defensively, but like not basically good. our worst defensive line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I agree. That that will have to improve. It has been tough. Every every single almost week in and week out consistently, they're always in that high activity sort of range, like high high chances for, high chances against. I mean, so you got to really hone it. Like you you got to tail it back, tone it back. What's the word I'm looking for here? Reel it in a bit. Reel it in. That's the exact one. Reel it in, like coming to coming close to playoffs there because I feel like that's the only line really, other than when the fourth line doesn't have Pierre Engvall, I feel like that's the only line that really gives up a lot of volume against You're right. at yeah. five on five. And the numbers are backing that up. So Yeah. But I, I think overall those guys have still had really solid years, right? Like, mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Yes. I, I agree. I mean – like, do you change it up somehow? No, like, well, so- I, I wonder if that was, like, what went into the, like, who maybe this is what went into the decision into changing lines, or maybe this is, like... The, what, I, see, they, I, don't, they, I, I don't agree with that, because the line was good up until... Yes, I know, that. or maybe, like, changing the lines contribute to this. I don't know, right? Yeah. So maybe yeah. they were looking to fix defensive woes, and in, in doing so, they kind of created another problem where now they're not as... Like, not not saying they're not as strong, but they're they're not generating as much offensively now. Maybe they're still, like, trying to get that rhythm back. I, I, don't, I don't know, but... Yeah, they just don't like the stats don't show that they've been as good and they they just don't look as good in the offensive zone either. Like both eyes and and the numbers are, are kind of telling us these things. So, but again, this could just be a slump. It's only been like a couple of games where where they've yeah. been like this 5 to 8 8 games I think. Um but yeah, like hopefully they can turn around cuz they've had an electric first half of the season. Oh right? yeah. Also, they're lucky that the first line is like the best line in the mm-hmm. league right now. Because like, oh. really, at the end of the day, who cares? Every line, <laughs> uh, every line that Austin Matthews has been on has been just flat out incredible. Like 
he almost doesn't have to play defense. You don't have to worry about Austin Matthews' defensive ability, even though I was last episode, simply because he just has the puck the entire game. So it's, it's so much fun to watch, too. Yeah. And then you add in, again, like Michael Bunting, whose oh. first expectation ver- per contract, maybe, I don't know, top 10 player in the league based off money versus value? what you're for oh him. Oh, my God, yeah. Is that an exaggeration? There's a lot no. of good value players, but like. Mike Kelly tweeted that today. He's like, been insane. Just, you take out the entry level deals, right? Yeah. You're talking just free agent signings. He's he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Think about that. In terms of UFAs, he's I don't the best think unrestricted anyone. free agent of this year. Hundred percent. Yeah. I don't even like who who could be better. Well, who signed for big money? I don't. Well, Landeskog did, but he basically has the same stats as Michael Bunting. But he's making crazy. seven. He's making eight. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, Bunting twenty nine points in forty three games. Just I, I love watching them work together. Like there's so many examples of and so many goals that they're scoring where it's an example of just hard work along the boards and hard work on puck retrievals. Like Matthews and Marner are two of the most skilled players in the NHL, but yet you're watching them win puck battles that get uh, like Carolina's defense can move the puck fairly well. They had a, quite a bit of trouble last oh, night. Yeah. They absolutely did. Against Matthews and Marner. And it resulted in that goal. That, that I mean, they puck-hounded them behind the net, went along the boards. They were able to create the turnover. Lilgren got the shot off, and Marner just cleaned up the trash. And then you saw New Jersey's probably still having nightmares about that line and what they, di- what they did to them, right? And I think it's just been, ever since they put them back together like that, just puck-hounds. Yeah, and then, like you said, like all those things added. Then you got Bunting, who's like, in up near the top of the league in individual expected goals because he's like per mm-hmm. 60 because he's always around the net. Oh, yeah. Even if it doesn't go in, he's tipping pucks. He's jamming pucks. Like, that's exactly what you need when you have two high-skilled players. It's been a seamless transition from Hyman to Bunting. I mean, I don't think there's a single Leafs fan who misses Zach Hyman right now when you have Michael Bunting. I'm sure you'd love to have him for two mil on this roster, but yeah, it's been fantastic. Also, I have to take it back. I just looked. Landis Cog actually has 45 points yeah, in 35 games. But I mean, like, I meant but, like metric wise, yeah, like, like analytically. I mean, also but, per contract. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was the biggest thing I think you said was per contract, yeah. Was, yeah. which is per dollar value. Don't yeah. roast me. Um, I know Landis Cog's nasty. Like we wanted. Him. Yeah. I think there is one Leafs fan. I saw one tweet on t- Twitter. It was from a guy I had muted too. I don't even know why I looked at it, but he was complaining about bunting or something. I don't know. So I'm just going to ignore Also, those. again, he doesn't even play on the power play. He yeah. plays on the second power play, which lately yeah. has been getting 10 seconds per power play. Like yeah. just the first power play is so hot. So uh, you're getting full even strength offense generation from him. Like yeah. he's, he leads the league in penalties drawn. Oh, I yeah. mean, he drew, he drew another one last night. What? <laughs> it's been, f- we'll get Shocker. into report cards later. See what people think. Ooh. of him, Yes. We heard from you. We're going to get into it later. You're right. Uh, but just a little primer. We got a bunch of responses rating all the players on the team. I, I was shocked. I almost didn't want to put it out like this because I didn't think anyone would take the time to answer so many. So thank you to everyone that did answer the survey here. We've got a lot of responses, and we're going to be tallying up the results and comparing it to what the analytical models are saying about our about the Leafs, our players, as if I own the team. Well, I'm a customer of Rogers and Bells. So. <laughs> in, a, in a roundabout way, I am. Uh, do you want to get into a bit of all-star? Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to make one point we were talking about before. Yeah. It would be a shame if like the shakeup on the second line was Kerfoot off. Cause he's just played so well. Mm-hmm. No, There's no can't. way they're taking the other two off though. So I, I, I really think they should like who, who 
how would you shuffle then? Just to I would just keep it and hope it comes together. If it yeah. really keeps sucking, then yeah, I guess you got to move Kerfoot off. I don't know what else you're gonna say. Yeah, I guess I, he's I, been so good. Like, mm-hmm. and then and then it gets to the question like, where does Kerfoot go? Because he when he gets off that line, he's gone to the fourth line, and then you're like, well, you got a three and a half million dollar player on the fourth line, and then you go into that cycle again. Yeah, it's the, not even. Like, yeah, he's been good too. The Alex like, Kerfoot conundrum. Doesn't he have more points now than he did all of last year? I believe yes, he, he does. does. In less yeah. games, too. He's been yeah, he's been good this year, and it sucks when he gets like to see him get. Dem- it would suck to see him get them out really because it's not his fault. Like like, like you said, we were I talking know. a bit about it before. He's kind of been a, a good play driver for that line and kind of been the the not not the source of offense, but he's been very well done, very well distributing that puck for them. He actually exactly. has a career high po- point as a Leaf. He's beated beating twenty nineteen twenty season as well. Wow. So, but yeah, all-star game. Yeah. All-star game. Let's get into it. Trevor Zegris. I criticized him last episode and I said, I don't really want to see Trevor Zegris try some sort of move. I like the you all-star. Said that? I said something about like, I don't care about Trevor, Trevor Zegris trying to do the Michigan or whatever at, uh, <laughs> cause remember they did the ratings for the, the shootout, yeah, the, yeah. the graded s- skills. And I thought they brought him in there and he was just going to try some sick move and he was going to fail. My God, was I wrong? <laughs> that that gift that they're showing of like the the slow mo of that move was like that guy is crazy. Dude. That was insane. That, that is insane. That, like I know it's not a big deal that he didn't win, but how did he not win? Because of Vegas. I mean, they, yeah. Okay, well, someone maybe laid some cash wins. on that. Like, yeah, <laughs> but that was fun. Like that was an unbelievable goal. I thought the guy showed their personality in that event. I think the events of the skills competition overall were good, but like a little hit and miss mm-hmm. like yeah. that Bellagio that bl- fountain thing was weird. Yeah. They missed it. That one. It, it, it was weird. It was like the players thought they had to like land it on the platform, but the platform had like borders. So you could just rip the puck as hard as you wanted. And then <laughs> it was just weird. Like they're trying to talk to the players. They, these guys, they're hockey players. Like they're like kind of robotic. So yeah. What about, how about that blackjack? The 21. That was cool because yeah. it like, showcased how good they are at shooting because they yeah. all got 21 on the first try. Yeah. But then they ran out of cards, which is yeah, weird. It it's was, like, it, was, it yeah. wasn't set up great. Like, it's all, something happened with March or so. He, oh, he, he wasn't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. He was in Cabo and he flew back the morning of and he like got off a plane and went right to the fucking freaking <laughs> the rink. Like it's crazy. He, he was like, yeah, I'm happy to be here, but I was in Cabo and like, I might want to go back before the season <laughs> starts essentially. Like, but it was good. He had his kids there. It was cool. I mean, Vegas is a great city, like really good hosting job. It's weird, yeah. though, like in the stadium, you could tell they would do those out, so outdoor events. Then like nothing was going on in the stadium. So when you come back, like they came back from the Bellagio Fountain to the hardest shot. And the hardest shot was only four shooters shooting twice. Twice. That's oh. it. They Like they each got two attempts for them. And there was one round. That was it. Highest shot. Like, do you think they went one. to? Down to ice level, and we're like, okay, we don't have enough time, just two. Maybe that's what, but it, it also sucks. That's one of the best events. Like yeah, I like, I they used to do multiple rounds, eight mm-hmm. shooters. Head, like, did Headman win? Headman ended Headman up winning. Yeah. What was his number? All the guys got over hundred. I think. I think oh, Headman yeah. was like one hundred three, but every guy got Adam over hundred. Pellet got over hundred. Dude, his first shot was eighty nine, and everyone's like, oh wow, <laughs> and then he rips one like one hundred one. It was close though, one hundred one, and then two one hundred twos, and then Headman one hundred three. I texted Josh about this, but. Uh, <laughs> He uh, he strategically wore that lid. Yes, he, he absolutely did. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you, did you guys watch the the save streak. Yeah, that was weird. That too. was weird, but I was shocked. Adam Pellick had some great moves yeah, in the yeah, show. I was literally he's got floored. he's got I'm some like, sneaky good yeah, hands. I like, remember he pulled a backhand toey in the playoffs last year, 
It was just it was filthy. I think it made it onto Hey Barber mm-hmm. too. Also, the most NHL thing I don't know how many people caught this was for some reason the entire like Pacific Division win on the shootout, and then McDavid was about to go, and whatever weird rule they made up, he just didn't get to shoot for the for the save streak. That's so. It weird. was he was just like okay, and you could tell he was like this is weird. So the best <laughs> player just didn't shoot in that event. But they did a good job overall. It seems like some things were ill planned almost, but. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Right. It was fun. I mean, it was exciting. We haven't seen a, an all-star game in a few years, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, Two or three years now. Someone who made this point, but it's like Edmonton's killing Connor McDavid. Like, he did not look happy <laughs> at one point on that on that all-star weekend. Yeah, No, not at all. He, he's, I mean, there's so many pictures you compare him like a few years ago to now. Yeah. Well, also, he, I mean, you can tell he's bearing the weight of like, wow, the team's been awful in 2021. Well, I mean, bearing the weight of the fans, his own expectations, yeah. the fact that everyone makes fun of his house and his <laughs> wife <laughs> designed. Yeah. I, I, I nothing's kinda, going on. I, I'd like to, I don't want to say this, but I, I'd just like to see them either have success or him get out of there, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, All Star Game is like a thing. They're down three zero. Everyone complains about it. Like kids like it. So that was the big thing. Friedman and on thirty one, thirty two thoughts. Friedman and Merrick said like they they both have kids and they were like, oh my kids loved it. So like I guess it was a success because that's what it's about. Exactly. Right. And so, I don't, and, and just one last thing about the Zegris. Like a lot of people were wondering, was he actually blindfolded? Was he not? There was actually a cool video. I, I don't know who posted. I, I don't know if it was Barber or like some. I, I forget the guy's account now, but. Yeah, there's actually a video of him practicing it. Like it was the NHL. Abs- oh, the, the NHL, NHL did it. There's yeah. no way he was fully blind. He was. He there's absolutely no, no. way. Nah. I, I, I just don't buy so. it. Go look up Cedric Sabala's dunk and like yeah. whenever they did that. Yeah, he uh, was not blindfolded. Even when you could tell when they were practicing, like if you're fully blindfolded and you just like pick the accidental smallest wrong direction. The whole trick goes yeah. to shit. He also shit. picked the corner perfectly. Like, it wasn't like a lucky goal. He <laughs> shot it like low blocker on the goalie. He ripped it low yeah. blocker on the goalie. But even, I don't even care that it wasn't blindfolded. That yeah. was nasty if you had 20 vision. Or if 20 the, vision. The, the mascots weren't trying to hit it. Like, it, yeah. it was dis- <laughs> like just the move itself was so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. So this kid, this kid's gonna be a star. Did you guys watch the game at all, or just skills? See, that's the thing. I only, I, the skills competition is way more fun than the mm-hmm. game. I don't know. I yeah. think the game's. I don't know what they do with the game. I get the three on three; it's more exciting. But like the players don't really try. So yeah, no. I mean, you almost have to get like the players in turn. Someone made a good suggestion on my my men's league team. They said uh, put one college kid. I don't even care if they play in the NCAA. Just one college kid that actually needs the money on each team. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> Push everyone. That, yeah, everyone would try hard to win for them. Yeah. Like just some a men's league goalie or something. Yeah, that would be cool. Or a starving artist. I don't know. I don't know. I guess the three on three is all right. Like yeah. it's not bad. I think the players themselves need to like be become more competitive. And I'm not saying like mm-hmm. oh the the passion's gone and all that. Like I think they need to start like gambling internally with each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them look like maybe the quality of the hockey on the uh, on the Saturday was affected by the festivities on the Friday night. If you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. One, a, one someone posted a video of one Mr. Goudreau from Calgary <laughs> not looking his sharpest at the, at the All-Star game. That was the greatest video. <laughs> oh, my God. He, yeah, he didn't hide it as well. Peter DeBoer even fully came out. Yeah, he said, is. He's, am, that was hilarious. I am hungover. <laughs> I don't know funny. how I'm going to coach. I'm hungover. But, I mean, you're in Vegas, right? So, 
if you're Enjoy not taking if you're not taking advantage of it, you're a complete loser. <laughs> and I also good 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 bring up thirty two thoughts because have some like uh, retrospective on the idea that they were going to go from this weekend to the Olympics. Right. Well, yeah. Jack Hughes. And Jack, like it would have been a disaster. Oh, Some yeah. of these, these guys would have been stuck there. It would have been an it's, it's the right decision not to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's just far too prevalent. I mean, I wonder how many people from that weekend ended up getting COVID. Kind just of Jack Hughes as of now. So right? far. Yeah. But a lot of them aren't eligible to be tested at all. Right. Mm-hmm. But that goes God. out the window in the but, IHF. That's not the IA. That's, yeah. So if we're talking Olympics. Right. So it could have been easily been more. Yeah. Well, if if like the, all the Canadian players who came back and like came, like I would have to get tested, like Austin yeah, Matthews, not, for example, yeah, would have to get tested. Many. There's only like six. Yeah, of them, no, right? no, just seven, yeah. Of, seven, eight. Yep. The so. NHL successfully reduced COVID cases by stop testing. It's going to be interesting, <laughs> quick, like because at some point this ninety days will run out for every player where they mm-hmm. will have to be tested again, and it will coincide with the playoffs. So I wonder if it's going to be like oh, the, will, uh, it, will well, it coin? Well, how about this? The NFL yeah. had COVID issues all year, and then suddenly, did anybody get COVID in the playoffs no, in the NFL? <laughs> no. No. So. <laughs> also, less teams play, though. Didn't so. they also like just like say like we're not testing anymore at one point? Yeah. 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 So, I think the NHL is going to fall sick. Gary, Gary Bettman is so sick of Canada, too. Like, oh, what, what did he say? They asked him about the... Was it he's the, like, we oh, are the looking... All, no, not the All-Star. The draft. The draft. And like, oh, we might do a virtual. He's like, no, we're yeah, moving yeah. it. <laughs> I was watching that one on uh, like when it was going on, and he was like... No, no, we'll we'll move it. We'll move it. We'll move it. Don't Which care. Is, I mean, I like Montreal is like a city. He's where giving the middle finger to an entire country. Also, He's Montreal so sucks. Sick. They might have. They'll have a top five pick. Yeah, I know. That'll be big for Habs. Fans. Imagine, and they move the draft or whatever. Oh God, they moved to Arizona. It's pride and joy. What a joke that place is. Anyways, but yeah, they're they're even looking at like some can, can, Canadian teams like playing in the states because, but. Slowly, restrictions are being yeah. redu- uh, reduced, and hopefully, just in time for some trade deadline. So, looks like it. Some players might sway their decision. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. But yeah, overall, All Star Game was fun, and uh, yeah, hopefully, they they build off of that for for next year. Um, quick uh, touch on the defense. Any thoughts? These were not. I didn't write this. What do you mean by that, Jason? No, I was just saying because the like last game, uh, the defensive parents yeah. and how they played. Yes, um, I know we kind of touched on Sandin a bit, but just Justin Hole giving up another goal in front of the net from a guy he was supposed to have tied up. That was a little disappointing. Uh, I mean, he doesn't use his size as well as you would like in front of the net. I took a look at a couple games from Luke Shen, and like that that guy's built like a brick shit house. He's solid. When he hits you, you really feel it. Um, not the greatest skater, not the greatest puck mover, but I believe his defensive metrics are so good this year because he ha- he plays with someone that can move the puck up the ice in Quinn Hughes, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they did with, with Justin Hole. They gave him Rasmus Sandin. However, I think Justin Hole needs to be a lot more physical in front of the net like what Luke Shen does. Luke Shen will literally box guys out to the corner. It's incredible. So helpful to the goaltender as well, but I mean that's two games in a row. Justin Hole's blown an assignment in front of the net, kind of. And do you agree? Am I on my no, own on this one? Yeah, that's you're fair. right. Um, in terms of Luke Shen, it's like kind of impressive. He's been able to carve out a pretty long career, and people forget he's been on Tampa the last two years. Like he, yeah. he was the seventh he, team. Two in years Tampa. ago, he played a lot in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. La- last year, not as much, but 
played a good amount. Yeah, like up until a, the finals, and then you got scratched a few times. That's a guy that will probably get traded for this. This oh, deadline, like he's playing. Said. He's playing better too. Yeah, it's it's not. I think I think they gave him more of an assignment in Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver for some reason loves to do big defensemen, small defense, small puck moving defensemen. It doesn't work as well with Brad Hunt and Tucker Pullman. Um, who are not the greatest defensemen. I mean, Brad Hunt has been a seventh demon for like eight years now. But anyways, it, it does seem to really, really work when you have Quinn Hughes and Luke Shen. So. Or, yeah, Quinn Hughes is awesome. So maybe, I mean, I, I brought this up to you off mic, but do you think Colorado makes sense or are they yeah, just, I do. just don't let the... Because I, I think Colorado is going to go big game hunting on forward and then try to add a depth defenseman. Just when I look at their roster, I think they'll be in on Giroux if Pavelski is available. They'll be in on Pavelski. They'd be yeah. in on Raquel. But like you said, they're de- I, if you look at their bottom pairing, like they don't want the Johnson and Johnson as the bottom <laughs> pairing. So And you know they lost a guy like Ryan Graves. I don't think Luke Shen is quite as good, but in terms of style, it's very similar, right? Ryan Graves is really physical in front of the net. Not necessarily the best puck mover. I think a better puck mover than Luke Shen. He's but, a much better puck mover than Luke Shen, but Luke Shen's far more physical yeah, than Ryan Yeah, so, Graves, so. I, I think, I honestly, this is going to sound He's bigger. Crazy. I liked his gap control kind of as well. Like, he's not the fleetest of foot, but he was still able to keep the defenders in front of him and, like, relatively close and block shots that way. You're kind so. of bearing the lead on this combo, though. Jason, what did you tell me last night about Luke Shen? I forgot. The Leafs may be in. The Leafs, maybe. Oh, yeah. D- Dal- Rick Rick from Wally. Vancouver. Hmm. He said I, the Leafs. It, it was from sense. a tweet, so I don't know. It if... makes sense if you're talking it's Hall and Muzzin, and now your new idea is to bring in like a, someone to shore up that bottom pairing. With Sandin. It seems like they're not overly confident in a Dermot mm-hmm. or Lilgren with Sandin pairing as of now. Like, bring in a Luke Shen to play with Rasmus Sandin in the playoffs. Even if, okay, he plays bad, you sub him out. Like, I, I know we're not trying to hemorrhage picks here, but maybe a, next year's fourth, next year's fifth. Yeah. Something like that. Hopefully, yeah. Could, I think it's trade deadlines probably a third. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, though. That's that, if you're if you don't get top four, yeah. the, the archetype of player you would want, which sounds crazy because people are going to listen to this, and be like Luke Shen sucks, but Luke Shen would make sense. In your Up until pick. I watched him play, I was under the and I saw those numbers. I was under the impression Luke Shen sucks, and I mean, I loved to throw out the video of him just face planting into the boards in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, it was it was perfect, but. I saw some things I liked. I mean, he he cannot move the puck worth a shit. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say that. He really struggles to he can't skate. I'm just he he cannot skate. He cannot pass, but you know what he can do? He can play defense. He's and a like, throwback defender. He adds that physical bite. Nobody's like nobody's going to be messing around and grabbing Austin Matthews like last year with Luke Shen on the ice. And people were really happy with Zach Bogosian on the third pairing mm-hmm. last year. It's just think of it like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Zach Bogosian was a little bit smarter, better puck mover yeah. than Luke Shen. But like in terms of like, just the big thing, if you watch Luke Shen, physicality in front of the net, like it, it was impressive to watch. And as we've talked about last episode, I know we're segueing a lot, but. Without Muzzin in the lineup, we've been much worse in terms of protecting the front of our net, mm-hmm. like you talked about Justin Hall. But even if you look at the expected save percentage of our goalies lately, it, it's, you know, it's taking a dive. It's yeah. taking a dive. Campbell's save percentage has not been as good, but a lot of that is because, you know, the, the, chance, sh- the chance quality of chances better. you're giving up and like how much puck movements in front, where the where the tips and all that is coming from. It's 
it's like a, it, it's like a puzzle when things go wrong, and mm-hmm. when you start to solve it, we can see where where we have our fixes. Yeah, in, right? the Leafs gave up a fifth for Ben Hutton last year, so like a fourth or third, if they have one, I actually don't even know. If it would they have, have to be one. next year's, not this year's. They okay. have they they only have a first, second, and seventh. And usually year. the conversion rate is this year's fourth is worth next year's third kind of. Yeah. Thing. yeah. So the, I mean, the Leafs. I mean, she wasn't part of the Leafs at all, but Rachel Dory is in the Vancouver organization. Yeah. A, little, a little collusion, a little insider yeah, trade. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. That was purely a joke for, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. But that's interesting. I didn't even see that. That Luke Shen was with the. It was they were in on the on, in on him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any other demon that we should be taking a look at for next episode? Uh, a maybe maybe Muzzin coming review? back, or I guess uh, from last game. You mean? No, like just around the league. Oh, we around the league. Well, because as we'll do our little weekly trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, powwow here. But Kyle Dubas did talk to the media. He kind of said exactly what you expected. Like, again, with term. The, the, exactly. The worst kept secret in hockey is that Kyle Dubas wants a guy with term. Again, you got to pay for a guy with term. So I think it's been widely reported and he kind of even hinted it. Like, they can't miss this year. Oh, like, yeah. No offense to Nick Foligno, but they, you cannot have that again. No. You've sold too many picks now. Which I don't mind because we're trying to win. But mm-hmm. they sell the pick. I have no problem. Some people are like, oh, well, I don't want to trade the first round pick this year. But this is it, guys. This is it. You can't lose in the first round again. You got to go, you know, balls to the wall, shut up, Manscaped, and get a guy that's actually going to contribute. Yeah. And if that involves your first round pick and maybe a Topi Nimala or a Roni Irvinen or, or Timothy Lilgren, I don't know who, but if it's an impact player, you do it. That's it. Dave Pignata, I believe. I don't know. He put out some sort of article like he does and linked like 400 players to the Leafs. So might have to go through that list. Frank Saravelli did say that like Klingberg has been an option for the Leafs. So interesting. Again, we talked about a lot of these guys listening to the past podcasts. So as it gets yeah. closer, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. They all bring something and that's what's important. <laughs> as right? long as they bring something, you can't have a guy bring nothing. Can't have a guy get injured and, yeah, do nothing in the playoffs again. But, yeah. Uh, in terms of next up, so lines without Matthews and Matthews and Muzzin. The I lines mean, are I, the same. I don't know why. they just Well, they put in they, they plugged put in Engvall, a couple of U of T forwards. They put Engvall in, in Matthews' spot. Like, that's yeah. like a, hold, a placeholder for practice, right? Yeah. It's a massive so, placeholder. I think that's good to uh, in terms of news about Austin Matthews. Obviously, he took that knee to yeah. the head, mm-hmm. so. And it was a scheduled day off, apparently, anyways. Yeah. Or yeah. So they told us. So, you know, we'll see. I think those lines will probably be different because they'll have to call up. The reason there's a placeholder, let's just talk, is because Richie and Clifford are with the Marlies now, trying to accrue yeah. cap space, don't want to call them up, right? So let's just have these placeholder lines in the hope that Matthews just plays. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and, agree. And you think with the way that they posted the lines, they would probably would have shuffled things if they fully thought that Matthews exactly. wasn't playing, yeah, right? Exactly. But exactly. good good news though, like I guess that is good news. But good, uh, more good news is that Muzzin was in the like was back at practice, which he in a black jersey too, contact jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a sorry. Yes, in for the, those who are not um, glued to David Alter tweets, mm-hmm. black jersey means he was fully participating in practice, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's encouraging for Thursday. Looks yeah. like he's going to play, and it looks like Lilgren will draw in on draw the third out. pairing. No, draw in. Sandin Lilgren was the pairing. At practice, so. Oh. I think Kyle Dubas mentioned this in his So, wait, tra- Dermot's scratched? 
Yep. Uh, so. This is what Dubis did mention hey, this also in his little press conference that, you know, we, we want to give Sandin Lilligren like a full shot at this mm-hmm. too. So yeah. before we trade for a guy on D. So we'll yeah. see. That yeah. makes sense. That's, that's obviously the ideal move for development as well. So don't want to be giving Rasmus Sandin nine games in the NHL again and then jerk him around in the playoffs. Like I think that. he's pretty locked in in that spot. Yeah, yeah he's, he's moving the puck so well. And his offensive numbers are really showing it. Just you need to, until he can learn how to handle incoming rushes, you need to put him with that bigger defenseman or Absolutely. more physical, more... Um, Physical or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stabilizing. Stabilizing, tough on defense. It's got to even out the offense, right? Like yeah. a guy who's giving up, you know, near the bottom of the league in, in zone entries allowed yeah. has to be paired with a guy who's at least good with at retrieving yeah. the puck or stopping zone entries mm-hmm. or else yeah. you're going to be bleeding chances. So I think that was the word I was looking for. But anyways, with Timothy Lilgren. I mean, from what we've seen this year, I've seen a lot of encouraging things. I wouldn't give up on him No, no, at not all. at all. So my, the big things that I've taken away with him, like watching him early on with the Marlies and even his first few games with the Leafs, he does have a tendency to make kind of ill inf- ill decisions, I want to call them. Um, not the greatest, like, snap decisions. And I feel like he doesn't have the most amount of confidence when he plays. However... What, look what happened with him after a couple of years with the Marlies. Like, he was fantastic. Those are, he, he went from, like, eh, whatever. Kind of thing. like For rookie year, it was like, okay, that was good for a rookie. Second year, it was not that good. Third year, he was very good at both ends of the ice. So I feel like he needs that time to develop, mature, mm-hmm. bake, whatever you want to call it, and then you're going to see a legit top four defenseman. It's not there yet. Probably won't be there this year. But... Next year, I could really see that with Timothy Logren. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. Just throw him in the water and see see if he can swim, right? So, And I don't think anyone's giving up on him, like you said. Mm-hmm. But it, it could happen where the right trade comes around and you're getting a guy with term and it's not just uh, a first-round pick. Yeah. It's yeah, you got to add true. a prospect. I so. mean, if it's Jacob Chitrin, you well, Chitrin? you, you got to add more. Well, yeah, Chitrin's one year older than Logren. Yeah, it's it's really not. And he has term. Yeah, yeah like Lilgren, he's, again, he's only 22, so no one's giving yeah. up on him. But it, it'll be a process, right? Yeah. So, and I don't think most Leaf fans are saying, don't get another defenseman. You know, like it's not it's never bad to just Nobody get another did. option. Yeah. So. Yeah, you need to. The D is the clear spot where you need to improve. Well, let's see the report cards. Let's see what people think. Yeah. We're going to get into that now? Let's do it. Let's get into that. All right. Uh, first one you got up there. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to go by? Okay, I'll give the percentage. I'll give the numbers that we had submitted. Yeah. And then you tell me. So so, the, so you'll say the guy, me and Jason and and Joe as well, we'll talk about what we think. Too high, too low. And then I'll bounce it off what some of the premier analytical models going right now are saying about these players. Okay. So first one, Austin Matthews, 9.41 average. Wow. Um, 55.56% of people gave him a 10. Yeah, I and above an eight was eighty five point one nine. Above an eight, so nine nine or ten oh, was wow. eighty five point one nine. Yeah, well deserved. He's mm-hmm. been, and there was nothing below an eight. He's okay. been for my money the best player in the NHL this year. Yeah, it's it's either him or Kel McCarr right now, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. these guys are monsters. I mean, yeah, he, he offensively, defensively, scoring. Uh, he's just, on an eighty eighty game eighty two game season. He's on pace for sixty goals. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. People, I, people forget this because it happened right, right at the beginning of the season. He missed two games. He literally had wrist surgery 
before the start of the season and he comes yeah. comes back and barely like barely any time to rest and recover for it i guess doctors know what they're doing but and he's coming out hot scoring 31 goals in 40 how many games do you have 39 it's like games? 31 and 40 it's crazy crazy yeah something like that and uh, well I deserved I, I don't have to tell you this but by all these metrics again it's the mm-hmm. best play Best player in the league, and so. he's showing a little bit of playmaking skill too. Some nice passes to on on some bunting oh, yeah. goals, but anyways. And he's he's almost always had that sort of ability. And yeah. I mean, just look at Game Four, Columbus, and the that play in series. There, he was he he set up a couple really nice goals. Mm-hmm. We're really that fortunate one. that we got won that lottery. Yeah, <sighs> crazy. Absolutely. Could you imagine having Patrick Line? We would be screwed. No, we'd still be really good. I think. Mm, not this good. Well, no shit. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, he's been better than McDavid this year. I, I at one point I was like, "There's no way," but as of right now, I think he's been better than mm-hmm. Connor McDavid. Yeah, so. solely this year. Yeah, yes. like I'm saying, the last forty games. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, what else could you say about Awesome Matthews? Really, it, he's just he's the best. been one of the best players in the on planet Earth. Pl- one of the best hockey players on planet Earth uh, this year. Next up, we got Mitch Marner. Uh, you got an eight point one nine. Pretty good. I think that's fair. I I think the the start of the season was really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since then, I saw a stat that with Mitch Marr in the lineup, the Leafs are like twenty seven and four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has like thirty nine, whatever, thirty nine points. I don't know, something like that. Like slow start, but this guy is a machine. I mean, yeah. Well, what else is there to say? He he he. When he's playing like this, it's uh, there's not a lot of guys in the league that are better. So. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's a very fair rating. Eight or nine would be about what I would hit with him. But like, it's crazy to think he's right now third for the Leafs in, in goals, and he has played ten less games than Ooh. most Leafs. He has only thirty two ish games played, I think. He has, and he has sixteen goals or fifteen goals. So yeah, he's been he, gripping and ripping. He's it. back in the top twenty points per game. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's in the anal- analytical models. Dom's model yeah. has him as a top fifteen forward again. Like. It's just it's coming back to what yeah. you expect. So yeah, exactly. Um, next up, we got. Here. Oh, sorry, I should have bounced it off this. According to these models, again, he has been, according to Evolving Wild, he's been the second best. Sorry, third Ooh. best forward on the Leafs. According to Dom's model, he's been the second best forward on the Leafs. So, pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, I didn't do that right. Okay. All good. Uh oh. Did I do? Okay, we're good. We're back. Uh, next up. We got Michael Bunting. He got an eight point five six. Well deserved. We, Higher than Mitch Marner. I, yeah. I agree. I think I gave him a nine I, or a wow. ten. I might. I think I gave him a ten. It, I think it depends how you. Tens. I think it depends how you like want to do this. If it's versus expectation, clear ten for me. Like clear ten. Like we didn't really didn't know what we in terms of cap value as well. Clear exactly. 10. Yeah. Like yep. it, we 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 didn't really know what we were getting. This is a guy who was a twenty six year old UFA who only played twenty games in the NHL and he's. Again, like how how many good things can we say about this guy? He's been a home run, not a bunt oh, of home run. Exactly what we needed to in terms of competitiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we didn't know what we were getting because, like, you know, you watch some highlights, watch all his goals. I think in the pl- preseason, the like hypes kind of started because, mm-hmm. and then you say, oh, maybe McCabe's going to play on the top six and Bunting's going to be on the fourth line. And he was on the fourth line for a bit. And then Andrew Mills bought his jersey and he's, his stock <laughs> has gone straight up since then. But, Not again, by the models, Evolving Wild has him as the second-best Leaf this year and one of the 40 Ooh. best players in the NHL. And Dom's model has him as the fourth-best forward. So I love really how, consistent. like, when watching him in the World Championships, like a non-fighting tournament, just watching him pretty much get his 
bucket stripped off a couple times. He's screaming at everyone on the other team, just going nuts. He didn't show the offensive flair there, but he showed the competitiveness, and I, I love the carryover. Is, is oh, yeah. he like a new-age Darcy Tucker or what? Pretty Tucker much. seems to love him. I, yeah, I, you so. could see. It. Like, Tucker, I think, is a little more ratty, but... Yeah. Bunt, as, it's a different game too. Like yeah. Bunting can't get away with yeah. the stuff that Darcy Tucker He's was. He's a new age Darcy Tucker, and we also so. talked about this like a bunch of episodes ago. But he all, he brings that bite that we've been lacking since we've lost Nazem Kadri. Ooh, wow! Yeah, I, hey, I like it. I love it. I like it. Um, anyways, so uh, in terms of uh, tens, he was four, He got fourteen point eight one of his scores were tens. Fifty nine point two six of his scores were above eight. And ninety six point three were above six. Yeah, so people loved rating. him. So one person didn't like him this year. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Luckily, these are anonymous, or I would be on. Yeah, feel free to yeah. message us and give an explanation for the six. You don't have to, but just oh, I can't remember. I think I gave him a ten, to be honest. So I try to remember. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got William Nylander. Uh He's at an eight point five nine. So he was the second highest rated player, I believe, from what I can see. Next to looks like Jack Campbell, yeah. Next so to Matthews third. and Campbell, yeah. Okay, so he was the third highest rated player on the Leafs. So Matthews first, Campbell second, Nylander third this year. Eleven point one one percent or tens, which is actually lower than Bunting. I, I think enough. that makes sense though. Forty eight point one five percent above an eight, and all of them above a six. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Like, we've kind of been waiting for Nylander to take that that jump, right? He's kind of been always hovered around like a 60-point 60 like sixty point player throughout his career, and he's never we, – we were kind of waiting for him. Like, is he ever going to make that jump and be like more than that? 41 points in 43 games now. I think a lot of that's coming from his power play like we talked about earlier, and he's been absolutely amazing on that. That's part of what's making our power play the number one power play in the NHL right now is the fact that William Nylander has just been – a stud on it. So I, 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 I like, I like that ring. That's fair. Yeah. His passing ability, mm-hmm. his shooting ability, just all around. I've loved, I've loved the way he's played this year. I mean, obviously yeah. we, we criticized him. It was fair earlier mm-hmm. this episode, but overall this year, I've really liked the way that, that William Nylander has played. Yeah. I mean, Mitch Marner might have caught him, maybe a, went above him with his play recently, but mm-hmm. like, Overall, William Nylander is debatably number two in terms yeah, of forward yeah. totally. skaters. And again, I think, like you said, that recent dip really hurt his numbers here. He's fifth in, among forwards in evolving wilds metrics and sixth using Dom's numbers. So a little bit of a dip there. But I think uh, I think people would be crazy to not be happy how, with how he's played this year. So Yeah, almost a point a game, too. Yeah, yeah. it's been really good. So uh, next up. Oh, what happened here? Wow. Surprised by this rating, John Tavares seven point four eight. I'm not surprised. I think okay. Again, you got to remember before Mitch Marner was the cap scapegoat, and then I think people realized that John Tavares is actually making more than that, mm-hmm. and he's becoming the new cap scapegoat. When I look on Twitter, well, he is yeah. So there's I, one Sens fan that won't stop criticizing him, but it's like, <laughs> dude, like shut up. I don't know. Sens are a fantastic team, though. So that's fair. Yeah. So and then the response has always just been everyone comparing the numbers of John Tavares to Brady Kachuk, and it's like, brother, <laughs> Brady's numbers aren't looking too good. I was gonna say, yeah, Tavares are better, but I mean, yeah, we've seen a bit of a dip for sure. But again, you're on to the back half of that contract. He was a yeah. old, not old, but he was an unrestricted free agent. 
You gave him seven years. You're going to expect a bit of a dip. Who was the agent for Albert Pujols, the really famous baseball Scott agent? Scott Boris. Scott Boris. So he even said the most expensive way that a team can acquire a player is through free agency. Although you're, getting, you're not giving up any assets up front to get this player, you still have to sign them for above what their market value actually is. Especially a big-name free agent like John Tavares. And the Leafs got a bit of a discount on him, too. Compared to San Jose. And- mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's where you got Like, this is the fourth year of seven. Just basic math show tells you, as you said, we're on the back half. And we're getting a point a game out of him. Still yeah, got to be happy. I was about to say, like, it, the way we're talking about him, you think he, that he's, like, struggling, like, really struggling. He's still, like, has 42 points in 42 games. Like, he's a point per game. Yeah. Like, also, and, in front of the net on the power play, in front of the net on the corners in, at 5-on-5, five five, he's still fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the Leafs don't have. Yeah. I agree. Um, the only thing with him, right, is you got to remember when you criticize the cap number, no team has been screwed more than the Leafs by this flat cap. Yeah. Like, I understand that that sounds like an excuse, but the Leafs signed Tavares knowing the cap was going up. Yep. Like, there was no, there then, was no then assumption. They did the Taver- and then they did, sorry, they signed Tavares, they signed Nylander, then they did Matthews' deal, then they did Marner's deal, and they went, the cap number is going up. We need to get as much term on these deals as possible. Exactly. While all the other RFAs were signing bridge deals. The Leafs were trying to get as much term as possible on the Le- on the other players' deals. That's and why Marner held out for one day of training camp. Which, I mean, if you look at Twitter, it sounds like a, it was a lot longer. It was literally one day of training camp. He might have missed one preseason game. No, he didn't. It was just a practice. There you go. But it, it, like you said, it's funny because he's not like. But then, yeah, to- yeah, that now instead of the cap going up because of the TV, we got deals, a world pandemic. It's, yeah. We got a world pandemic. The cap is flat. There was no fans last year. Yeah. The Arizona Coyotes just <laughs> like to piss money out out their eye holes. Those, I hate that team with a burning passion, <laughs> and I don't think anyone else likes them either. In the a little NHL. side tangent on Arizona: they said that they expect to get actually more revenue than they're making now yeah, with the five thousand. I, I don't know how projections of like really expensive tickets. Like I don't know how you're going to sell this, but whatever. Okay, the that, Arizona Coyotes also said they didn't pay a billion dollars in state ta- in taxes because of a human error. Also, even funnier: the owners want to exclude the Coyotes from their revenue share. Oh, yeah. Because they get the max revenue share, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. 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 The, like, that's just a mess. But Anyways. back to Tavares. Again, the analytics aren't great, but not bad. He's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth among forwards in evolving wilds numbers. But if you use Dom from on, the athletic, on the Leafs, yeah, yeah. amongst forwards in oh. the Leafs, he's fifth because his model, you know, emphasizes points a little more. Yeah. So okay. by that, he's still, I, and by the way, the number he has. Like Dom, summer is a very is insinuates he's playing very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think Tavares, like all these guys, if he comes and be able to pot a lot of goals in the playoffs, we'll be happy. But mm-hmm. yeah. you got to consider older guy. You know, they the schedule's a little weird. Who knows how his body's holding up? Like, he might be a guy who gets a couple nights off by the end of the year. I wouldn't hate it. Him, Spezza, mm-hmm. Muzzin, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. nobody gave him a ten surprisingly mm-hmm. uh four people i'm uh, sorry um 14 point is that right 14.81 gave him above an eight and 92.59 percent of people gave him above a six i i think the 7.5 ish number is fair honestly. yeah i think that's yeah. fair yeah especially like when you look at the defensive numbers they haven't been yeah all that flattering so 
7.48. That's not bad. Let's get uh, Kerfoot. Alex Kerfoot got a 7.44 rating. Oh, should be Interesting. Higher. I think, like, again, Ooh. if we're, if we're going to put, like, I think that should be a 10 to me just based I off of expectation. 9, 10. Based off of expectation, sure. Yeah. yeah. A 9. I did. I, th- I think he's been really good so far. If you Again, we're just basing it off the first 42 games mm-hmm. the Leafs have played. He's been really, really good. Points-wise, mm-hmm. play-driving-wise, his numbers are really good. And... You know, credit to him. He's a guy we all wanted off the team this summer. Us three, yeah. we're idiots, obviously. He was the obvious cap casualty. He's the been, Seattle guy. He's been very similar to Jared McCann by some of these analytical models. Jared McCann has more yeah. goals, but... You know. Jared McCann's also a better goal... Just He's just, he's a better goal scorer, but mm-hmm. I, I I would bet that Alex Kerfoot's a better playmaker. Yeah, 100%. Probably, so. I mean, just that... Even that, that shorthanded goal against New Jersey, New Jersey. Right? that's an awesome... Display of a player with confidence. He waited, patient, looked up, made a couple fakes, and made the move at the perfect time. Was, I don't think 2019, yeah. 2020, Alex Kerfoot's making that play. Well, no. So point. when you look at it, 2020, Alex Kerfoot got, I think, about five two-on-ones with Ilya Mikheyev, and Ilya Mikheyev scored on zero of them. And then he, he finally got one. And I think they got one earlier in the year as well. Yeah. Like, just the head fakes, the the hesitations... The unpredictability of his playmaking, I think, has really, really helped him. Seems like he's added more deception, like you guys said, to his game, which is exactly yeah. Good. And the, and according to Evolving Wild, he's been the best non-first line forward on the Leafs, better than Elander, better than uh, Tavares. Dom's model has him as the seventh best forward, but like he's a he's a consistent top six contributor right now on any team. The numbers he's putting up, so. Love it. And again, if anyone's curious, these numbers are isolating for the individual's player's impact as well. So it has mm-hmm. it, it takes into account the players he plays with and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, so three point seven percent of people gave Alex Kerfoot a ten. Uh, Fourteen point eight one. The same number of people that gave Tavares above an eight. So that's a nine or a ten. Fourteen point eight one percent gave Alex Kerfoot above an eight. And then 81.48% of people gave Alex Kerfoot above a six. I, I would have given him an eight or a nine, but mm-hmm. I, I, that's fair. I think, again, one thing I learned from this exercise, there's not been a lot of negative players on the Leafs this year. Yeah. No. No, there shouldn't. There shouldn't be. Uh, let's get into this next one. Uh, David Camp. This should be interesting. This should be. Very. Ooh. David Camp, 3.7% were a 10. Was that you? <laughs> It's anonymous. What do you? I don't know. Eleven point one one percent of people gave him above an eight, and sixty two point nine six percent of people gave him above a six. So what was the number? It was the average. Six point one eight one. Ooh. You know what? I think that's also right around there. Like yeah, he like he's the best penalty killer in the NHL right now. First of all, Ooh. that's a no. Like he's like one of the best for sure. Yeah. The, like numbers wise, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's putting like, the, like uh, he's been a good addition in terms of mm-hmm. winning pen, uh, winning faceoffs, defensive presence on the third line. There, I mean, four percent expected goals for last night is not great. Yeah, definitely leaves a lot to be desired when he enters the offensive zone. Yeah, but he's again, got five goals he's, exactly. Though. He stumbled his way into five goals. Who doesn't really matter how they went in. They they went in. That's what's important. And yeah, I think like a six is pretty like fair. I, I think I think seven is six and a half up is to fair. A seven. I mm-hmm. think he's yeah. as of now. I think you're not uncomfortable with him as your third line mm-hmm. shutdown e center because we've seen he doesn't play all the shutdown minutes, but mm-hmm. carries a lot of the tougher minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think what it's what it's kind of swung to. What I've noticed is Keith is less like 
player on player line matching and more just zone matching. Yeah. So like mm. no matter who another team puts out in the defensive zone, he he'll just put Matthews or Tavares on. You know what I mean? And instead, it's more defensive zone matching. Mm-hmm. So, which I like. I, yeah. I personally like that cuz I our lines are good enough to go against anyone, but there's no reason to shove Matthews against Bergeron in a defensive zone situation, right? Mm-hmm. A neutral zone or offensive, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I guess if we're even enough then that does make sense. I think it was uh, Colorado kind of got burned with their line, their non-line matching against Vegas, and Mark Stone took yeah. them to lunch. No, I'm thing. not saying don't line match, but you yeah. can quasi-line match and still have, like not take minutes away from Austin Matthews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. But, but yeah, the, the numbers are good for him. He's, uh, you know, again, Dom's model, more points model. He's bottom three forward on the Leafs, but... Evolving Wild, he is the seventh best forward on the Leafs this year. So, so I think this next rating goes away from what the models are going to say, and this is Pierre Engvall. Uh, only thirty three point three three percent of people gave Pierre Engvall above a six, and an average of five point five nine. Ooh, honestly, I've liked Engvall's game this year. I, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan, but I, from what he's done this year, I like it. Jason, you you kind of have been championing and Engvall here to me and you've been right. Yeah, he's he's almost been a Swiss Army knife for our bottom six. It's mm-hmm. like really whoever goes out, you can put him That's anywhere. A great point. And uh his ability to play center has really helped yeah. this team out a lot and I think like he's, he lifts the play of the fourth line seemingly. 100%, Even if it's yeah. not like oh Pierre Engvall made so many good plays tonight. It's like Seemingly, he gets put on the fourth line and say, oh, the fourth line suddenly played a lot better. Yeah. Like you said, without him, they get hemmed in their defensive mm-hmm. zone. With yeah. him, he seems to at least be able to get the puck transitioning out yeah. of the zone. Yep. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what your biggest fear is with your fourth line. You don't want to get hemmed in with them, and he, again, like you said, alleviates that, that pressure. And I think he looked really good. Like, not really good, but he looked like a suitable replacement on that third line. Third line, yes. For when um, Kerfoot – or sorry, not Kerfoot uh, – Mikheyev was out and Richie and wasn't playing. Kasha was out. And Cash was out. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just, he's been a suitable replacement. So then that's always good to have in your, in your depth. And it seems like he's taking strides from last year. Every year, it almost seems like he's getting a little bit better and a little bit better. A little bit more consistent, mm-hmm. I feel and, like. And this is, I believe, his first full uh, season, season in, 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 I in guess. the NHL. Yeah. I think he was scratched yeah. a couple times last year, scratched a bunch in, in 2019. But. He seems to finally First be coming into his First full 82-game season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, the numbers, again, like, this is context because the Leafs have a lot of good players, but he's, in both models, he's 10th uh, amongst forwards. So, like, right where he fits on the Leafs. He's, like, a bottom sixer who can bring... But, again, positive impacts offensively, positive impacts defensively. So, he's put up a decent amount of points this year, too. You check mm-hmm. it out. He's on pace for about 10 goals and 20, 25 assists, so... I mean, yep. I think I think uh, as you said, a Swiss Army knife guy in your bottom six to where useful, just very useful. He could play. He's been able to play in any role, which is you know you got to give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Ilya Mikheyev, seven point oh eight. I thought it'd be higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I he think started off so higher. hot. Like he's been, he's been, he still is hot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So uh, seven goals in fourteen games on the like that's going to really skew some model numbers. Like Dom has him. His so far impacts are like higher than like Nylander, higher than Bunting. Higher oh. than ter- well, that's because it's just off how they've played in a small sample size, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So in that sample, he's been like really, really good. But he's not actually been that good. Obviously, if you prorate, it's been 14 games. But in the yeah. 14 games, he's been really good. He's had some really good games. Game winners here and there. And I think th- this is what we've been waiting for from Yelena Mikheyev. So 
Yeah. La- last year, I think I, we've talked about this quote a lot, but Jamie McLennan said Mikheyev and Engvall could have been on the ice for. They could, it was they could still be, it was playing. like a week after the game. He's like they could still be on the ice right now. They and would not still score. not score yeah. a goal, which is true. But <laughs> again, fantastic start to the year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 3.85% of people gave him a 10, 7.69 gave him above an 8, and 76.92 gave him above a 6. Like, all these numbers being, like, above average is pretty yeah. good so far. Yeah. I think there may be one player that skews that, but... Yep. Uh, next up is Spezza, 6.58, 3.85 gave him a 10, 7.69 gave him above an 8, and 57.69 gave him above a 6. So he was, yeah. what, 6.5? 6.5. I think that's yeah. accurate. His, the, you know, the analytic numbers aren't great for Spezza. Again, still a yeah. positive impact player. But he's bringing the finishing ability, right? Yeah. That's where he is at this point of, the, uh, of his career, where on that fourth line, you don't mind if his expected goals aren't over 50 because he's got the, probably the best shot and the best offensive ability of any fourth-line player in yep. the league. Good so, on the power play. Power play, Good exactly. sixth man. Exactly. I, I think... He's useful he's, still. He's done exactly what you expect. He's yeah. has, he has nine goals in 39 games right now. Fantastic. He could easily get 15 by the end of the season. And if a fourth-line player is getting 15 goals, you are ecstatic. It doesn't matter. What, exactly. You're ecstatic. Exactly. exactly. Uh, next up, Wayne Simmons, 5.62. Mm. Interesting. I think that's a little fair. I th- he looked good kind of around the game, like 10 to 25, 30-ish mark, and it's kind of cooled down a bit since then, though, when that fourth line was really, really hot. Um but again, like he, he's he brings that extra bite that our team really does yeah, lack. Like and, that oh, fight exactly last night, yesterday. That was a beautiful, t- uh, idiotic play by Brendan Smith. Like, yeah, yeah. And then he like taunts Simmons before the fight, and then he got his face beaten in. Yeah. So yeah, Brendan, you're no Rory. They actually showed Rory Smith fighting after that on the broadcast. Did you see that? No, I missed. They that showed one. highlights of Rory fighting. Multitasking. If you, if anyone wants to just YouTube Rory Smith, you can either get his hockey or lacrosse fights. He was. Pr- He's an all-time great fighter. Oh yeah, but um, just a legendary high school lookup. Exactly, and exactly. it's funny because our friend Dan Demonte, his brother, actually tried to fight him after Roy Smith ran his goalie. Um, didn't didn't end too well. Yeah, but that takes balls. So <laughs> it it does. Um, Roy Smith is. But yes, I think as expected of the twelve regulars, Simmons has the worst analytical profile. So mm-hmm. that's not that surprising. But he again, I think the boys love him. He's a mm-hmm. A great influence on the locker room. Was a great guy. If you ever hear him talk, take a, take a second to hear his post game or his media scrums. Love having Wayne Simmons on the team again. Uh, was the cap number great? I don't know. It's average. Like has his performance been great? I don't know. It's probably average, and that reflects in that number. So, yeah, I think there's a chance he could get squeezed out if they make an addition or he becomes more of a part time player. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you uh, you obviously love him to have him in the lineup for instances like last night yeah yeah or even you remember last year with pierre luke dubois he was going after the he went after campbell and just wayne simmons just grabbed him and dragged him across the ice and he wasn't great in the seven game series but we, there was a couple instances where like he's making he had two games impact. where he was one of the best players in the least exactly yeah. and so. fortunately he had five games where he was completely silent but you know that we'll, we'll take three or four of those games this 100%. year you know what i mean yeah. like oh yeah so oh yeah uh also he notably went after logan stanley um, we thank him for that. March 31st. March 31st. Uh, next up, Andre Kasha, 6.77. I think that's fair. I think people are very happy with the addition. Very. Uh, zero, li- yeah, zero percent gave him a, uh, gave him a 10. 
uh, 3.85 above an 8, and 65.38 above a 6. Yeah, it's the, 6 or 7. The biggest question for us coming into the season with Kosh, knock on wood, was if he was able to stay healthy enough. And again, he's only missed a, a handful of games. I think 10 games is what he's missed. The, some of them, most of them are from COVID, which is you can't really do much about that. So he's been healthy, and that's good. Mm-hmm. And he's shown what a good addition he's been to that third line. He's really... Surprisingly, he's been healthy because yeah. he plays like a kamikaze pilot out there, as, <laughs> yeah. as we've said. Yeah. And again, we talked about our bottom six not having enough guys generating offense. He's a like a single-handed shot generator. He's, a spark he's sixth in yeah. on the Leafs in shots. Like, Crazy. Playing not as many minutes as a lot of the guys mm-hmm. behind and above him. So, Yeah, exactly. Are you surprised he got a lower rating than Alex Kerfoot? No, I no. think Kerfoot's been no. better. Kerfoot's been better. What I about think. David Kampf? You got a lower rating than Kong? Yeah. Uh, I'm Kong not, my propaganda is working. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily surprised because I think there's been a lot made about Kampf's role and mm-hmm. how we didn't have that last year. Mm-hmm. Do you think he deserves a lower rating than Kampf? I think they deserve around this. I think Kosh deserves better. Yeah, but I think I think I think Kampf, Kampf's ability to be that shutdown center is significantly lifted when Kasha's on his line. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, puck carrying uh, ability, some shooting ability. The I offense. also think Kasha just got a little cold here. I don't, I got to look it up, but it seems like he I hasn't believe scored so. in a while. So yeah, it's common. Ever since he got there. taken off that first line, I believe. Even I don't even know if they scored on that one. Yeah, I don't but think so. anyways, uh, next up. Uh, so this, this is a tough one. Well, I know who it is. There's nobody else left. The last. Nick Ritchie. <laughs> can I guess his number? Yeah. Two? Close. 2.27. I don't, what's the highest someone gave Nick Ritchie? I want to know. Um, so there is someone that I play men's league with that uh, I think grew up with Nick. And when, uh, I, I was talking to them over DM. And they said, uh, you got you to gotta find some more nice things to say about Nick Ritchie. <laughs> so it might have been him. Uh, it looks like he got... The highest, so actually, seven point six nine percent of people gave him above a six. So there was some sevens. Nice people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think even Nick Ritchie said he was not happy with how he's yeah. been playing this year. So it's not like we're not. Yeah. Again, reinventing the wheel here. The, he's been a massive disappointment. The main main reason why we brought massive. him in was not to fill like we, the like was not to play on the first line. Maybe that was the original thought. Who knows? But the main reason why was to get some more goals for him. And he's only scored twice in 33 games. That's not, that's a, that's a failure to me, unfortunately. But, again, maybe he, he finds his game in, in the AHL, gets called up, and has a, a good rest of the season. Or who knows what's going to happen with him. But I, I, I think a two is or a three is a pretty fair um, number for what, what Nick Ritchie. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it, I wouldn't hold your breath on that, mm-hmm. but that's, it's, that's it's, a good hope. It's disappointing when, you know, you bring him in. We were all, we weren't ecstatic, but we were happy with the signing, right? Yeah. A guy who can bring some goals, hopefully bring some toughness. Uh, he's been outplayed by Pierre Engvall. He's been outplayed by Wayne Simmons. You could argue he's been equivalent to Kyle Clifford and that's just not good enough for the money they gave him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it happens. I mean, it just he never was able to find a fit with the Leafs. Mm-hmm. He maybe he will. First line, he slowed that line down. Uh, there's no doubt about it. On the f- third or fourth line, he's not good enough defensively to play on the third line. And on the fourth line, again, when you have him, Spezza, and Simmons, which Joe pointed out the first time they made that line, that line just a little too slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. exactly. We've seen some flashes here and there of some chances generated, but it just wasn't good enough. 50% of people gave Nick Ritchie a one which is the lowest rating. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been 
just by the analytics, one of the worst players in the league. And, you know, I hope at one point he gets another shot maybe mm-hmm. and, and can – maybe it's in the playoffs. Maybe something, something – you know, Simmons isn't playing well. It's, I don't know. Engvall slows down and he gets a shot. He's got to pick up that story. It's game seven, Nick Ritchie. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but – Chips it in. Uh, let's get into the D-men. Uh, Morgan Riley, 8.31. Yeah, well That's deserved. Been exceptional, especially yeah. since he signed that contract. Mm-hmm. Been uh, one of the best defensemen in the NHL this yeah. year. Offensive, I think he going into the All Star break, he had the most five on five points as a defenseman. Yeah, wow. again, he's never going to be a stud defensively, but offensive generation has been fantastic. He's done a lot better sh- job. The numbers show it too. Getting his shot through on the not only on the power play but on even strength too. Mm-hmm. In terms of percentage of the shots on net that you attempt, he's the best on the Leafs so far, and that's been an issue with him, right? Yeah. He's been better on the power play, really good puck mover. Everyone's happy with Morgan Riley. Yeah, and he seems to yeah. take like a little bit of a step forward defensively, not as poorly as he's been in the past, which is always good to see. And yeah, like I, I love that point about getting shots through because again, like that's kind of the one thing our team really does lack is our defense don't really shoot a lot, at least from the points. That's I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, but him being able to get the puck through more is just adds oh, a yeah. little extra element. And then adding John Tavares in front of the net, mm-hmm. like yeah, just really helps the point recipe total. for good things. But yeah. exactly, uh, yeah, ninety six point one five percent of people gave him above a six, uh, fifty three point eight five above an eight, and seven point six nine uh, a ten. So then let's get into TJ Brody seven point five eight. Interesting. That's so TJ Brody. He gets yeah. a seven point five. It's just he steady Eddie man. Yeah. Steady. Uh, uh, and then next up, Jake Muzzin, 6.19. Yeah, I think that's fair. Hasn't been as yeah. good. I, w- I wouldn't have been surprised if even it was like closer to a five. But, yeah, uh, he's yeah. He ha- it's it's no surprise to anyone who's been watching the Leafs. We kind of yeah. are expecting a little bit more out of him. And, again, like he just take, took off a couple of weeks. Hopefully he comes back into form over these ne- is, uh, when he starts playing again. Yeah, 42.31% of people gave him above a six. Mm-hmm. So it's not great. Hopefully, the turnovers get short up in his own end. Because I'm not, I'm not worried about him still. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm taking his ten year sample of him being a good player over the thirty yeah. ish games that he's played this year. Be- exactly. He hasn't even been bad this year. He's been like he's been just been not as good not as he as is. good as we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next up, Justin Hall, four point six five. Ooh, Ooh, that's a little harsh on that Justin Hall. I think that is harsh. I think I, I think he's played really, really? well lately. I, yeah, lately, I sure. I, <laughs> beginning half of the season wasn't very good. No, but, it wasn't. Yeah, but you, you, they weren't the same. Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. I, I think oh some of God. the numbers have turned around for Justin Hall. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did not like Justin Hall. Seven point six nine percent of people gave him above a six. That's it. That's it. Wow. Okay. So I, I would have him closer to a five six as well. But again, yeah. maybe maybe this. Hopefully, he has a much better second half. It looks like. The way he's trending right now, he's trending he will. that way, but but yeah, it's looking. It's also trending to more and more towards the hole and Muzzin can't be a pairing in the mm-hmm. playoffs. You can't rely upon we'll that twenty plus minutes. That's we'll what it. See. As of now, yeah, we'll I, see. I, I find it interesting yeah. that I guess a lot of people are placing the blame on that pairing, like not doing well this year on Justin Hall. It seems like more than Jake Muzzin. How and many games yeah, have they played tough. together this year? Yeah, fifteen or so. All right, come on, yeah. Like, let's see. Like, that's yeah. a small sample. Yeah. I still think you can improve, but mm-hmm. I, I think we're being a little harsh on, on Justin Hall. I think so, too. Okay. 
I love Justin Hall. Uh, next up, we got Travis Dermott, 5.19. Yeah, oh, for the record, I wouldn't have given Hall a 4.65. It would have been close to a 5 or 6, mm-hmm. yeah. five and a half ish if that was, it wasn't possible, but around there. Um, but, yeah, tr- uh, Travis Dermott, 5.19. Yeah. Dermott's yeah. just turned into our, our 70. Yeah. You know, like he's not. He's a 6'7". I, he, I think he has a potential to be better in the NHL, but I really think he'll probably be just off. Just not here. Yeah, just not here. Yeah. And it's just it's it's infuriating, especially for the Travis Dermott truthers, because yeah. him, him on the third pairing is just exceptional. And then the second he gets moved up, any sort of increased role of any sort, it's it just does not go well in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Uh, next up, we got Rasmus Sandin, seven point oh four, very well deserved. It. He's been seventy three point oh eight percent gave him above a six. He's so been a fantastic play driving offensive defenseman. Really leaky defensively, but that's to be as expected. How old is he? He's 22, 23. Not even 22, 22 yet. Yeah. He's not even 22 yet. 21, exactly. Sorry. So, yeah. future's bright for him. I mean, he's he's got fantastic skill, and I, I hope he stays in the lineup. We've seen him have some defensive lapses. It's going to happen. Again, I think on your third pair in the, the playoffs, is very, very it's going to be really though. good. Uh, next up, uh, Timothy Lilgren, 6.15. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's played th- from the games that he's played. He's only played twenty eight games this year, right? So, but he's been, been all right. He's been all right. He, like kind of like Dermot, where he's looked pr- like pretty good in that bottom bottom six role mm-hmm. or, or the bottom on the third pair. But struggled a bit on that second pair. He had one or two, I think, good games. I remember with Muzzin, then others were kind of pretty yeah. brutal. But again, he like like we said with Sandin, he's only twenty two, right? Yeah, I thought. Yeah, Lilligren's partners didn't help him in those mm-hmm. games, but he also didn't put forth the best showing and so if you're gonna be a top four defenseman you can't blame everything on the other partner yeah. right uh next up we got the goalies uh peter morasic 8.85 wait what or sorry uh J- jack campbell my bad <laughs> read that wrong uh yeah he's been really good i think a little dip in play recently recency bias is coming into effect there you think he would have been closer to a 10 I think a nine. Yeah. What, what you wow. said? Eight point eight five. Yeah. I guess that's pretty much a nine. Yeah, I had yeah, about a nine yeah. too. I think yeah. nine. I think yeah. His good play, as we've kind of seen, may be a little more influenced by the play around him than a lot yeah. of people. I think well, by I was, the end of the year, it'll trend more towards like an eight and a half, eight ish. Mm. But I've been very, very happy with Jack Campbell this yeah, year. He's no been doubt. very good. No doubt. Yep. Uh, Peter Mrazek, six point seven three. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think that's even higher than It'll increase. expected. But yeah. I think people are seeing now that he's playing like, oh, he's a pretty good goalie. Like, yeah. yeah. It's none of this. No more of this. Oh, dump Peter Mrazek. Get rid of him. For Koskinen. Remember, you're cheesed when I said that's not a bad idea. That's frustrating. More, not as frustrating as we have Joseph Wool get rid of Peter Mrazek. <laughs> that was, that was those, those people he's only played to get their games. eyes checked. Like, um, lastly, we did Sheldon Keefe and the coaching staff, 8.31. I think that's tie. I mean, it's th- not that like it's, the team is fourth in the league. Exactly. So, like, they're winning. How, yeah. how low can they be? I guess. And also Spencer Carberry gets the MVP of the coach. I was about to say that they absolutely. improved their power play so much from last year. It's and who, who's running the, P, the PK now? Uh, it's that guy, Dean Shinoweth or yeah. his, whatever his name is. So those guys in their new roles are they look good. Manny Maholtra's the face off coach or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Interesting. So. I think I don't think anything out of the order other than Justin Hole. I think yeah. that was the only one that was out of the order. I think ordinary. Kampf was higher than I expected. I think uh, Kerfoot was a little lower than I expected. 
but I think it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Again, look how many good players the Leafs have had so far. So yeah, it's a pretty be, good You can't roster. be mad at too many. You can't really dump on too many yeah, players if there. You, if you did Dubis, I mean, he's got to get a nine for what he's done so far this Ooh, year. Like, look at this roster. Yeah. I think you could. I don't. I hope they don't. But I think you could take this roster into the playoffs and be happy with it. Like, there's not yeah. any holes really. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, why? You don't want to improve. To, yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. That, that's like yeah. Colorado's going to improve. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going yeah, to yeah, improve. Yeah, but yeah, of course, of course. Maybe we don't need uh, a deadline acquisition. Maybe Matthew Nice is all we need. No, we need a deadline. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like at, at this point in the year, it's one of the five best teams. Yeah, in the league. Mm-hmm. agreed, agreed. Um, that was all I had. That was a great. That was fantastic doing that. Hopefully, we get to do more of those in the future. As situations come up where we it would actually make sense. But that w- that was awesome. Checking out those ratings, see what everyone else thinks, and thanks to everyone that filled out uh, that extensive survey. There. Uh, did we have anything else? Just looking ahead at the next couple of games for next week. The yeah. Leafs have Calgary. Uh, yeah, Calgary sneaky on Thursday. Calgary is a sneaky good team. I will say that. Yeah, they they like to suppress a lot of chances. I think they have the least expected goals against. They uh, were on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. Their record isn't really show how good of a team that is. How your, good they've been playing. Yeah, your little model Elo model likes them, right? My my model liked them before. I haven't updated in mm-hmm. a little while, but it did really really like Calgary yeah, because they were very good on the road. They're yeah. actually not too far behind Vegas in points percentage mm-hmm. either. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then next Saturday they play the Canucks. And then the Kraken all on the road on Monday. And then you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll see us back on uh, Wednesday morning before they play the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday. Yeah. Um, one little thing I wanted to touch on is uh, the remaining games in the season. At least have 40, like 39 games now. And something that's interesting, someone posted a little chart. And the Leafs actually play um, seven or 16 of their 39 games against playoff teams and 23 against non-playoff teams. That's more against non-playoff teams than any of the other teams uh, in the Atlantic division, Florida, Tampa, Boston. So I feel like they haven't played Buffalo or Detroit that much. This I, year. I don't think they so. They played Buffalo once, Detroit twice. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to we're gonna get a lot of non-playoff teams. So hope, maybe or even They've other, only played Montreal once. Yeah, I was going to say, other than at the start, how much have they played Montreal? They played Ottawa three times, uh, Montreal once, yeah. And if you want to talk about how bad Montreal is, they just lost 7-1 to New Jersey. And yeah. New Jersey has been on an absolute free fall. Yeah. Montreal's like embarrassing. Right the, the player of the month for them was Sam Montembeau last oh last month. My. Oh my <laughs> god! He has like an eight eighty save percentage for. They the are worse. Than and the that was Coyotes. because they lost a few games in a row in overtime. Yeah. So. Oh um, my god. But yeah, maybe maybe the least take a run at the like. Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, maybe I was mm. going to say at the President's Trophy, but. Um, oh but yeah, both. Both, yeah. Let's Tyler's just, the let's just win the division. Yeah. Yeah. Division. Let's just oh. win. Why not? That will probably be the president's trophy. Yeah. We'll see what Colorado does. But. Um, it was a big um because I had something in my head and now I forgot. Tyler Toffoli? Sure. No. I can't remember what ben I was going to say. Ben Sherratt? No. Uh, got absolutely not. Mike Hoffman? Cole Caulfield? No. I don't want Mike Hoffman. Overpaid power play specialist. And I called it right from the beginning that he was not going to work out there. Terrible fit. But... Uh, Congratulations, Mike, on securing the bag. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember what I was going to say. But anyways. Uh, oh, it was uh, Vancouver. Can't wait to listen to Vancouver fans complain that the game is at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday and that they have to watch it at 4 or 5 p.m. I don't get... Suck it. I, 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 
The I Raiders get it. are in Eastern Canada. But is it that bad having a game at four? I think a lot of that'd be awesome. Like, I'd, like, that'd be awesome. Getting whenever they do those like Saturday? two o'clock Carolina games, mm-hmm. people love those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I get it. I mean, it's Bru- their time. Bruins but, on a Sunday afternoon, even like yeah, but just be the mecca of hockey, and it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's not that hard. Not that hard. Anything else you guys had? That was all. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. Go Leafs, go. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sports books. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.